we got our first donation. Uh, thank you so much to Trey in Peoria. Dude, thank you. It's a dollar a month, and you got to start somewhere. So thanks, man. That it's You have no idea how much it means that this is worth something to you. So thanks a lot. Hey, I need to issue a retraction, <laughs> I guess, of a redaction. In the Gene Getman episode, I bleeped out the name of a feminist blogger because I thought it was funnier that way. I apologize. I've since watched the debate between Lindy West and Jim Norton. Go Google it. It's worth your time. It's fascinating. I think they actually do a great job, both of them, of actual constructive debate. I just think Jim's argument's a lot stronger. And it talks about taboo. So have a listen after you're done with this. Now, this is the first of a two-part episode on taboo. Since we're talking about stuff that's forbidden by society, a quick word of warning. I recommend that you gently plug your ears with a double-ended dildo. Okay? Great. Let's start the show. Stand-up comic joke it up one time. Fun news. Fun news. Welcome to Let's Talk About Sets. This is a show about the science and craft of stand-up comedy. I am your host, Jeff McBride, and here with me is my co-host, the always kind-hearted and occasionally funny Harrison Tweed. Harrison Tweed here. I'm here with Tristan Smith. How are you guys doing? He's our hey. guest. Hi. Yeah. I didn't know that you guys did that whole intro like manually every time. I thought it was like a pre-recorded thing that you did. I'm, oh, yeah, let's, um, uh, uh, yes. Our guest comedian this episode is one of my closest friends. It's Tristan Smith, and the theme today is taboo. Ooh. Let's get started with a bit that Tristan selected called Virgin Mary. It's by David Cross from his 1999 album, The Pride is Back. So this weird thing uh, happened. A true story. This is very strange. I live in Los Angeles now, and uh, I was reading in the paper about this woman who lives in Mexico, and on the third Sunday of every month, she goes out to the Mojave Desert. She has all these followers, and she goes out there, and sometimes the Virgin Mary appears to her. And, uh, you know, and I read this, and I thought, oh, this will be cool. This will be great to hang out, you know, and people watch and stuff. So... Uh, I went down, this, I, and this is true, I went down, and she's uh, out there in the middle of the desert, and she's got these, uh, you know, flowing robes and everything, and uh, she's up on this platform, and she's facing out this way, and all these families are gathered, hundreds of people looking up at her, and uh, she's up there, she's waiting, make a long story short, it becomes clear that uh, the Virgin Mary isn't appearing today, you know? <laughs> I think she had to be on a tortilla somewhere. <laughs> uh, so she's booked. All right. But anyway, so... so uh, she announces, you know, that uh, they're not coming, and then uh, uh, she's not coming. So everybody gets, you know, goes to leave. And I'm hanging out, uh, playing around in the desert. It's beautiful. And then everyone's gone. I'm by myself. And I go start walking back to my car, which is like 100 yards away. And, uh, and I, I don't get, I, maybe, I, maybe I get 10 feet. And, um, 
and um, <laughs> the Virgin Mary uh, appeared before me, <laughs> and she raped me. <laughs> <laughs> running back to my car and I had my pants turned around my ankles and she kept making fun of me and like flicking me in the back of the ear and, and, so, and then I got in the car and I, I went to the cops you know and the cops were jerks you know and I told them what happened and they were they were just like well what were you wearing <laughs> I mean, you dress like that it looks like you want it you know <laughs> Muscle tea and those short shorts. I mean, <laughs> she's a virgin. Think about it. <laughs> All right. That is so funny. <laughs> I, I I absolutely love that whole album. Yeah. And I love and that bit is great. So why did you pick it for the theme of taboo? Well, I think in terms of what comedians do, talking about taboo subjects, you know, rape is probably one of the more difficult ones because, uh, you know, it. It's it's a hor- it is a horrible crime, and uh, 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 I you know <laughs> why are you laughing? Yeah, at you're that, fucking at sipping that out of your little stupid cup over there. Cup. <laughs> I'm trying to talk. I'm trying to talk about rape here, Jeff. I just and you're think it's really out. inappropriate that you find this topic this <laughs> funny, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tiny espresso cup of water. I, it also, it's, it's it's specifically espresso. I was. I, like, I, 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 did you say espresso? Didn't yeah. you work? Have you I been was a fucking. I was fucking set up here because Harrison brought you out this little tiny miniature like, like shot cup to drink water from, and then you use it as a prop while I'm trying to talk about. My, seriously, why I picked it? And then you very correctly pronounce it as espresso because and did I? Say that or yes, you just said that. I mean, espresso. Espresso. <laughs> okay. So All right. So I picked the back clip. To this I picked topic the clip. You find so funny. Yeah, uh, I picked the clip because rape's a really difficult subject. It's it's really hard to make funny because it is so serious to most people. And uh, I think it does so many cool things. It subverts the it subverts the expectations of the people. Uh, you heard it here first. Tristan Smith, rape does so many cool things. <laughs> <laughs> the joke does so many cool I, things. Yeah, it, it subverts I, your the expectations. The pronoun referred to um, rape. It, it, turn, it, it turns <laughs> it around. For, I think anything where you take something, you turn it around, you make it a different angle. Um, you know, it gives you a different way to look at it. And he's also just commenting on the the culture that we have surrounding it with the whole like, oh, what were you wearing kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's it's it it does it does so many different things at once where it subverts your expectations. It it kind of makes a social commentary on the way that people uh, stereotypically kind of perceive rape, and it also you know it also pokes major fun at religion mm-hmm. and the 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 the. the uh, the sacred nature of the Virgin Mary and all that kind of, so it just hits a lot of points all in one go. Let's, let's, let's take it back. Here, let's hold on real, real quick before we go on to this next point, mm-hmm. watch banging on the table and then just sounds from the, uh, yeah. all the other things, just be aware of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I have right. collected a cold, but I will be off. Yeah, you're always sick because of all the <laughs> sick pussies you shove your face um, into. I know, I know. This is okay. pussy mouth. All right, all right. Pussy mouth. All right, so let's take it. A- <laughs> 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 I 
Okay. <laughs> Let's take a part. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do an episode where Jeff kills himself <laughs> by the end. <laughs> All right. Let's take. Gonna <laughs> 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 keep soundbiting it till we get it. <laughs> Let's take this apart bit by bit. All right. So first, he starts out, and one of my favorite things that David Cross does, I really enjoy how comfortable he is setting up the pins and letting people be a little bored with what he's doing. How how he's so confident about where he's going. We're out in the Mojave Desert, and he just has all these details to this story that uh, a lot of other comedians would be like, I have to get a laugh. Yeah, trim it. Trim it. You got to yeah, cut, cut it. it. Cut it, cut yeah. it, cut it, cut it, cut it. And I really love that he knows so much that where he's going is going to hit so hard. He doesn't care. He doesn't care that it is not that, it, that there's so much fat on it. That's and true. I, and that's a, that's a that's a David Cross signature there. Like, I think yeah. that's that's. He does that across all of his stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He just doesn't have any fear about that. He's willing to let the setup be boring for a moment. But it, I think it adds, I think that the effect of that it builds tension. It, it builds so much tension that when he, he hits it, the laughs are so much bigger. I've laughed harder at, I think, David Cross bits than maybe any other comedian just mm -hmm. because of the amount of tension he builds. And I have the patience to sit through it because for the most part, he delivers. Well, and he's also kind of, he's an actor, you know, yes. in a way. So he, yes. he, he really, really sells out with acting. He went yeah, to that. Juilliard. Yeah. Did he? Yes. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, when he, he, he really delivers these things too, he puts, you know, the fake crying aspect oh, of it God. and everything. And um, that really yeah. sells it. It I does so. so much. Because people start laughing before he even says what the thing is. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because people right. are like, the, 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 he doesn't even say that the Virgin Mary peed before me. He just... She's like, I got like 10 feet. I got 10 feet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, <laughs> Virgin Mary. Yeah, the, the shaky voice. Right. The, and the, so they're already like, oh, well, he's just pretending to give a shit that the Virgin Mary... Mm -hmm. Like... Like yeah. he's pretending they think it's a, just a pure religious joke. It's all. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There's a mister. There's a misdirect occurring just in the first joke or yep. the, the first punchline is a misdirect to what's actually about to happen. Uh -huh. I love that. He, yeah. You think it's a joke and it is a joke for a moment about the absurdity of the Virgin Mary appearing on a tortilla. Right. Or whatever. I also love uh, you have a good term for this that I, I'm blanking on right now. But when you. When you substitute like a written original punchline for just saying things that are said in like certain circumstances, when he starts explaining like what the cops are saying to him, how that is an actual conversation that's been happening. Oh, when he re recontextualized re it, or, or yeah, mapping it. He mapped what is the 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 common complaint that you yeah. hear that the cops don't take him seriously, and then they mm -hmm. say this thing. You've heard it a number of times in a number of different places. I love places. that technique. Right, and then all of a sudden yeah. it's him and. Short shorts and muscle tees. Yeah, it's so <laughs> <And> funny. <laughs> She's a virgin. He wouldn't be able to get away with this joke if he didn't have such a good understanding of the problem with rape culture. Right. And like he, and he clearly demonstrates that through the description of what happens when he goes to the cops. Well, he, uh, he makes it well educated. I think that I think that with any kind of uh, tricky subject like knowing all of the pitfalls, knowing all of the um, the stereotypes and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff before you actually even get into doing whatever you're doing with it. 
you have to you have to know it backwards and forwards before. On a previous on a previous episode, Carmen Legala called that neutralizing the threat. Mm. And I've begun to think about it in terms of finding the next corner that you have to veer around in the joke mm-hmm. where you figure it, you, you hit that tension, that wall of tension and you go, Oh wait, there's something here. And now instead of being afraid of that tension, which I have been, I'll, I'll be upset. I used to be upset that, that the audience have turned on me. You shouldn't, this is fine. You don't understand. You don't know what I really believe. Instead. Now I, I see it and I feel it and I go, ah, right there is a moment where I can flip that tension on its head and get a big laugh. I don't, I'm not afraid of those moments anymore. And I think this probably took a little while to get to that point. Right. I would guess. Right. I think, yeah. And like, once again, David Cross is a master of that. And I know that we're not going to hit on too many or any clips that are not, we're not listening to today, but I will just mention really briefly, like David Cross has another bit that kind of does that subversion that or ha- builds that tension where he has a whole story about being home for the holidays and how like, you oh, know, fight. Yeah. And then oh, do you want to so like, you, yeah, like you, you like, and, and basically the punchline is that, you know, we learned so much about each other. For instance, I learned that my mother cannot take a punch and that's, <laughs> that's the and he does and the whole setup is for that one yes. punchline yes yeah. and it's yes. literally like a two-minute setup uh-huh. uh-huh but it just kills he right. has that bit about depression that's yeah. like it was a rock in my shoe yes the entire yeah line. and it's like five minutes of him talking about his struggles with depression which totally real yeah it's yeah. so real you can feel how real it is yeah. and then he just releases all the tension with one dumb dumb mm-hmm. dumb joke i love jokes like that yeah, so i do too I, I like in in this particular one i really loved a couple little details where he's like my pants were down at my ankles she kept making fun of me she yeah. flicked my ear do you yeah. know the there's funny thing silly. is there's something where the flicking the ear loses me a little bit why actually, in that joke were because, you was your ear flicked a lot well because when you were yeah sure i was in, picked in on. church and yeah then, all the time yeah um um, yeah, it's hard. It's 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 not funny to you. No, t- no, it's not that it's not funny to me. It's they call that you fat. It, Is that what they're calling you, fat? <laughs> Serenity now. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, what, what, Is it because you have tinnitus? Yes, it's because I have tinnitus. <laughs> Everyone has love handles. Fine. This is going to be this is going to be very productive. <laughs> um, what is it? Why does it lose you? Because it's such an intense thing of being raped and then running like he's running his pants around his ankles. It's this really severe thing, and I know that the 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 the, the objective here is to lessen it a little bit by then having an action that's like being picked on in high school or something mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm. which is so much less of a severe thing. Right, but. F- but for I don't know for me that that loses me a little bit because it's it's kind of taking your foot off the gas a little bit I guess how do you mean well because because he's basically he's easing back off of the 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 tension he's easing back off of the the intensity of the of where he's going with this story mm-hmm. by then oh she's because then you're kind of just picturing like a, somebody being picked on by a bully. And that's so much different than somebody being raped by someone. That's like, mm-hmm. like you if if you're flicked on the ear and somebody's picking on you, or whatever. Like that's that's not a crime. That's not you know, rape is obviously like a very severe crime. Um, so it's, it's is that your official stance? That you know, <laughs> I know it's controversial, but I'm going to stick with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
to me, I have the opposite uh, interpretation of it. Oh, you do? I, I do. I do. What? Yeah. Jeff, it seems fine to me. We are always on the same page, though. I don't even yeah. understand. This is shocking to me. And I, I really should clarify the pronoun in that sentence was referring to the flicking of the ear. <laughs> Not your very uh, strong stance on Make sure you get your pronouns right, Jeff. Yeah. You don't want to lose your all of your audience. <laughs> so the, I liked... The the where he's like making fun of me, flicking me on the ear. The cops were jerks, right? Because it's so. Well, the cops were jerks. That's okay. That's different. Mm -hmm. It's just it's just that one bit of flicking him on the ear mm -hmm. for some reason that loses me. Like the cops, I, 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 I'm imagining her floating behind him, like like nah. right, <laughs> like flicking. Yeah, yeah. I just I, it's so cartoony to me that it 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 does. To me, like yeah. I, I, I think it, it makes it a little bit more palatable. The the line, the cop, like the cops were jerks. Oh, like the way he line. does that, yeah, that yeah. is great. Like yeah. that, funny. That's funny, and everything after that, because that's where he's kind of making the, the more of the social yeah. commentary at that point when he kind of. The cops are what kind of recontextualize that into like, oh, this is this is the the response that people. Mm -hmm might expect for something like this, you know. Um I think I think probably a good thing to do would be to we could send him an email from the three of us yeah. about his twenty year old bit. That? Can you change that one line? <laughs> the ear Tristan line. thinks I mean I don't know what to change it to, but just it's just it just really just trivializes it a little bit. Um yeah. uh this very, very tough topic. Right. <laughs> I've been doing comedy for like at least three or four years. So I think <laughs> I think I know. <laughs> The topic today is taboo, and there's a few different contexts. Is the topic which... taboo? I'm, I think I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> and taboo is great because you can put it on your arms, on your chest. Yeah. It can it can be a poem. It can be an image. It can yeah, be anything yeah. you want it to be. Mm, My friend Rafat has a lot of taboos. A good pun. <laughs> yeah. Anything forbidden by society is taboo. That's mm. that's it. anything that's that your society, your culture, and that scales. I'm gonna correct you there. Oh, do. Um, I think uh, it's actually pertaining to an action. So I disagree because I looked it up. Uh, so did I. Oh, okay. Um, and and I and I feel that it is actually related to. Uh, it's I think, and I like kind of thinking about it that way. Putting speaking it speaking isn't an action. Um, speaking because I believe it falls. Speaking like is a if I were to speak, that is a verb. Yes, and those are action words. I think it's a noun because it's a big part of panda's speaking, diet. Speaking too. is an action, but speaking oh in and of God. itself, they eat taboo shoes. Speaking That's in, a, in and of eat. itself is not taboo. Uh, no, but, but you, a society might forbid a certain kind of speech, and they often do. Jew and face. therefore that fits with under the auspices of taboo. Sure. Depending uh, on the culture, depending on the era, it is an action that can be but forbidden. But generally, that speech about a subject that is taboo. I think you're. I, I think that you're analyzing this through the lens of we live in a society where we believe in freedom of speech. Yeah. But other societies don't do that, and well, I'm trying other to societies don't even have stand up necessarily. Okay, fair enough. I don't want to live in that society, Jeff. Uh, right. And, is that the kind of society you want to live in, <laughs> where everybody has your haircut? <laughs> <laughs> so I. I I, I just have to disagree with the with the definition that you're. I, I think we can widen it a little bit. Uh -huh. Taboo is anything that's forbidden by society, and on, in the uh, on, in the set of anything is speaking. Listeners, if you want to run errands or something right now, <laughs> gonna, you can come back to us in about thirty minutes. All right. Well, let's 
Um, but but so I just think we can analyze it both ways. Okay. So my thing is like, and this, and I think this, the distinction is important because I think stand up like like other mediums of expression are forms of art, and they are commenting or expressing thoughts and ideas about many different subjects, including taboo. And usually, some of the best art out there does make does address taboo issues, and maybe even makes people think different differently about it. Like, but let's, 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 let's mm-hmm. just go back in time in our own society a sure. little bit. Uh, Lenny Bruce, he, the way he spoke was forbidden by society at the time such that he was arrested for it multiple times. So, and even under a system that clearly says the first, one of the first rights we have is freedom of speech. Yeah. So I, I, I think that we have. I mean, you're ta- right. I mean, there, there are things you're just. No, I, I knew. I knew I was right yeah. when we started. Like, <laughs> uh, no, but I. But but here's what I'm saying. I think. No, but I think it's important to make a distinction, and and, and I do think you're right that like there are uh, specific things that you that you were not allowed to say, and mm-hmm. that you are still not, and that actually maybe there's a different set of things that you're not allowed to say today. Mm-hmm. But absolutely, taboo but, shifts. Yeah, um, absolutely. But that said, I think. I think when you put the taboo, when you when you kind of take the art and you make it the tab- taboo thing rather than being about the taboo thing, I think that's where you run into people who think like, hey, this joke means that you really think that, or mm-hmm. this joke means that you really want to do that, or, right. you know, and I right. think... I think that's why it's important to have a distinction between something that's tab- taboo and doing art about that taboo. And then also that limits people's ability to kind of push taboo subjects because it's like, well, if the thing you're saying itself is taboo, then that's so much more difficult than talking about something that is taboo. Great. I, I agree with the things you're saying. What I what I think it might be helpful here is to look at taboo as that which society forbids Mm -hmm. and that that forbidding has different consequences associated with it because a lot of times we say you can't say that but what we really mean it's it's shorthand and it's really sloppy shorthand for you can say that anyone can say that but the consequences for it are going to be big and sometimes those consequences are just a loss in status. Sometimes it's you're just not as popular anymore. You said something horrible. Now people don't like you. Yeah. Other times it's full on censorship. Other times it's you're going to jail, you know, or or it's a what's that Nazi guy, alt right guy who got punched in the face mm-hmm. twice on camera because he's a Nazi and right. talking about being a Nazi. Right. So right. he can say that stuff. Yeah. And the consequence in that case was people got so angry that they attacked him violently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and then you have the people who were who were in, in South Carolina that were. Um, you know, protesting with their little tiki torches mm-hmm. and then got all cry about the fact that, oh, my picture was uh, yeah. <laughs> posted and now I don't have a job anymore. Right. There is another, there's yeah. another taboo. And so the reason but I'm... See, I'm, that thing I'm, is I'm, there, could... those are all actions. They, they did things. They were at... They walked. Yeah, but it's You still... walked to the stage. Like, I mean, you take the microphone, you talk, it's still an action. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I know, but it's the combination of, of... There's a fork here, yeah. okay? There's a, there's a conversational fork Is there here. always a consequence for it to be a taboo? That's one question. Well, if it's forbidden, yeah. there's a different... Then, then breaking, doing that which is forbidden has some kind of consequence associated with it. That consequence may be so minor, you don't even consider it a consequence. It might be so great that it's, like, way out of whack. So... 
the reason I'm, I keep hitting on this is just that sometimes stand-up in particular is talking about taboo, and uh-huh. sometimes the act of stand-up is the taboo. And we don't like that, because we're stand-ups, and we don't want the act of stand-up in any way to be taboo. Sure. But it is, often, depending on what society you're talking about. If I go down to the Bible Belt, and I and I just go off on on attacking their religion, or let's let's flip it even further. If I do stand up in Saudi Arabia about uh, uh, going after Mohammed, I am in total taboo. What I'm doing is taboo, yeah. And we don't like that because we want to. We believe that stand up is uh, uh, this incredible action of free speech. For sure. But but it, it's sometimes just the very act of it is taboo, and and so it's it's very it's it's messy. They're related. It's not just what we talk about. It's actually doing the talking sometimes yes. that is taboo. It's breaking taboo. Right. I think. Um, uh... And it's and 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 stand up even. Sorry, one more thing on this. I think stand up. One of the beauties of stand up. One one of the reasons we like it so much is that stand up moves taboo. Yes. Stand-up affects taboo. Well, not just stand-up, like art in general, you know? Like, yes. Uh, I think uh, there Yeah, but there was fuck those art, people. Artists but like, years ago yeah. that... I know that you both like are a... cartoonists, and you want to just uh, talk about your little sketches, but... Well, look, I come from I a... Fi- I come from that a, game. I come from a <laughs> fine art did. background, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and so I was I was very much involved with fi- with fine art and, like, all, all the things going on in that scene for a while. And I was always very interested in the way that that pushed your concept of not not just of reality, really, mm-hmm, because, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, part of being an artist is pushing the boundaries of of reality. And I remember, you know, uh, and a artists- lot of art and a lot of art is very t- this just happened in New York. Did you see the thing about the giant dick that they mural that they yeah. put on the side of a building in the Lower East Side? No. Huge, throbbing red dick. Ooh, yep. And and people went Nuts. They were right. like, we do not allow dicks <laughs> well, see, <laughs> on the that's sides so of gr- buildings. That's so great because I think, uh, you know, a dick is just a part of a human anatomy. It's not It's not an oddity. Um, it's, it's like 50% of the population has it. Um, the same and I bet thing a lot with, of those anti-big red dick people were free the nipple people too. Right. Well, that's the other thing. You, so it's, there's it's another, legal. There's another. There's another. There's a big vagina one. Right. Not far away from. Yeah. It. So the Yuck. vagina. That's legal to have. <laughs> it's legal to have bare breasts in the city as a woman, and uh, and actually there's some lawyer. It's that legal, would, right? You said it's legal. legal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there were, there was actually some lawyer that would go around with with her bare breasts out for a while. Oh yeah, just like Harrison's doing, and. Uh, you know, just to say, hey, it's it's a legal thing. You can't. Mm-hmm. But people still just are so shocked. And, oh my god, yeah. a woman's yeah. bare breast. Yeah. Um, Again, I mean, it, it's so subjective. It is taboo. Yeah. It depends on what and it, like if you're in a youth group. What is taboo? You know, and your teenager. What is taboo to you yeah. is so different than. You know, I don't know what I experienced being part of Burning Man culture. Right. The, the yes. taboo, it's so different. Well, I remember there was an cultures. artist that had a, uh, I think it was like a I've cro- been in both those cross cultures. Made, <laughs> I don't know if it was like a cross made out of soap or something else, but it was a cross. He put it in a jar and he filled it with his own urine. Yeah. And like people had like, were just like, oh my God. And right. I, like for me, that was like, whatever. I mean, yeah. right. it didn't. Right. But like people were just really having a hard time with it. And it was mm-hmm. just, you know, shocking to a lot of people. And that's why that artist did that to kind of like. Right. 
and to and push on, taboo to push it and and because in those cultures it's very taboo to do that kind of thing they're like that's forbidden as far as we're concerned and we want to create nasty consequences for what you've done and we, and the, the reason why this this topic is so great right now is that is that we're in a world now where the consequences of breaking taboo are bigger uh and easier to come by because of social media. Like there's this giant bullhorn. I don't think they're bigger. Well, uh, let me put it you, like You this. used to be able to if you if you if you did a joke like like David Cross did about the Virgin Mary 100 years ago, you I mean you <laughs> you might have been strung up. Let me you know let me I mean? let me let me let me put a finer point yeah. on it. I think that what we've seen happen in the last 10 years with social media is the outrage culture can create this mob-like mentality that is outside of any legal framework. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no one person to point to and go, that's libel, that's slander. That is, that is true. Um, and now I'm fired. It's, it's, and a, now it's a mob I'm, mentality. Right? Yes. And so, and, and, and so but the, people the, used to actually get killed. Yeah, no, I know. I, so I, I take right. that back. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but in a way, like people are getting kind of, their life is getting ruined. So it's like, they still have their life, but now it's just a fucking empty shell because everything they have been working for and trying to do for the past decade, two decades or more right. is gone. Right. Let's get into that. Yeah. So along those lines, let's play a clip. And this clip is one where most people know about it. If you don't know about it, there was a show, uh, it was called Seinfeld. And uh, that's and, a funny joke, Jeff. Uh, I, uh, it's not a this joke is for all my 14 year old teeny boppers <laughs> that listen for the sound of my voice and the shine of my head. <laughs> this is Michael Richards, also known as Kramer on that show. And this is and in real life. Honestly, who, who doesn't, yeah, who him? doesn't think about him as Kramer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this is at least part of the thing he did that ruined his career. Mm-hmm. This happened in 2006. Wow, I can't believe it was that long ago. Jesus. It's been a minute. And, oh, by the way, (laughs) trigger warning. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up! 50 years ago, you had your own tied down with a fucking pork up your ass! It's hard to hear, man. God. That was fun. Uh, you know, yeah. it's so interesting because like people were actually on board with him. He was getting laughs. He even got laughs with like the first N word, but when he got to like two or three, everyone was just like, whoa. Yep. And yeah. then he kept going. And then it was interesting how he then tried to be like, oh, you see this, you know, like, like he I had, tried, this, he knew he screwed up. He knew. And he was yeah, like, see, yeah. I got this all under control. This was all planned. This wasn't uh-huh. me losing it. I uncovered your hidden bias. Right. Like, I right. Tried to project right. On that. Now, like, that, now that I think about this, this is the first time I remember there being like, uh, I mean, technically it's out of context, but the, the, there is no right context for this. This is the first time I saw a, someone named a commit, like I'm, air quoting comedian getting caught doing something offensive on stage 
and being accosted for it, you know, well, this like this, is, and this was, and it's totally valid to, cause this isn't comedy. This is just hate speech mm-hmm. and disgusting. But I feel like everything else that happened after that, the Tracy Morgan thing mm-hmm. where he, he made a joke about killing his son if he was gay. Mm-hmm. And then like, it, and it gets less and less intense cause people just want to, but this is different than anything I've ever heard that's like this. Cause usually those are deconstructed jokes or like, celebrities open micing it well they're removing the context of the set and within the set you had people laughing and it was fine what happened here was because he's not a stand-up this was not but he did do yeah he did do he he was a regular stand i mean he's not now but like i I don't think he was getting up at that oh he he was yeah he was was. uh you think so yes i I know for a fact because i've i've i actually uh, yeah, I don't particularly, I didn't find him particularly funny as a standup mm-hmm. ever, but like, um, I mean, I enjoy, I really enjoyed him as Kramer. Like he was good yeah, as he's that, very but, funny as Kramer. but uh, yeah, he, he was literally, he was a regular yeah. in the, in the LA comedy scene. Um, uh, and that just completely, you know what? I think this is really the beginning of the advent of social technology because, mm-hmm. because there, we never used to have like little miniature cameras in our pockets. Right. right? right. And so something like if, if that had happened in, 1996 right people wouldn't have had ability to record that and you yeah you might have heard a rumor yeah like kramer fucking did some racist rant and then people wouldn't believe it yeah they wouldn't have proof of it you know so also this went viral yeah absolutely and viral was relatively new in Uh terms of electronic proliferation mm-hmm. of a of some kind of sound bite. Well, what it made even worse is then he he went on the late night shows and did these like apologies. really awful obvious apologies that were just kind of yeah. like it just didn't seem genuine. I remember yeah. he Seinfeld was on Letterman and they like called in. Yes, it was like that a was teleconference. So painful. It was so weird. Yeah. So what I think is interesting about this here is that he did something that is totally forbidden yeah in our culture and he as 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 a public figure mm-hmm. expressed in a fit of anger mm-hmm. hate speech well and that's the problem that's what happened the moment that it was with anger right and everyone felt it and it, and, and they felt a turn when he when he just couldn't mm-hmm. it, like if he had you said, hear her go oh my god right. yeah that was the th- third time he said it right right like right. if he had said it one time and then moved on mm-hmm. he might have gotten through that without maybe. any problem maybe but it was like he said it like 10 times it was a lot it was I a lot time. and I it was like <laughs> very clear he was angry he was furious he wanted to hurt that person i right. know he wanted to that hurt was them. that was when he stepped outside of i'm a comedian yes to i'm an angry guy saying racially right and you and things. he and underneath what you saw for a moment was i am entitled mm-hmm. in yeah. this moment you are not you should remember your context here oh, and it's so ugly because in our society now we have decided as an well <laughs> it's shifting <laughs> <laughs> but most of us have decided we're not going to overtly at least behave that way yeah. well but the interesting thing is is like i said like i just think the really interesting thing on that clip is yeah. is is when you think about it you just think about the 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 growing anger and it being him saying awful things and that's kind of all to it mm-hmm. but when you really listen to it as we just did like you can hear that like people still 
we're we're in the context of this is a comedy show. Mm-hmm. These are jokes. He's going to make o- this okay. This is okay. He's, he's going to make right? this okay, right? Right. Yeah. right. And then they're like, oh no, he's not. He's this moment is it. not okay. Yeah. yeah. This we, is- he has broken the fourth wall basically uh-huh. by being an angry right person and not right. a comedian anymore. I'm I'm now out to hurt someone. Right. I am not here to make this okay for everybody. He's doing the opposite of what a comedian is supposed to right. be doing. And everybody, I love the Jim Carrey line, which is that my job is to make people free from concern and everyone was concerned everyone whoa it's funny too because you can like i think the person recording is the person that's like oh my god the girl right and i bet she took out her phone because she saw that confrontation she was like oh maybe this will be one of the uh, my chance to record a like comedian owns heckler yeah (laughs) oh wow they're like nope (laughs) so so here's an example of taboo where what he did is not illegal, but what he did is forbidden. And the consequence of it isn't just now you're not popular. It's not just lots of status. Now you're shunned. Now you're fired. And you're not going to be able to regain what you what you had there's yeah. no coming back from this probably mm-hmm. thank you professor <laughs> it's also but i i just want to point that out like this yeah. this but that same thing yeah if that had happened in the 30s probably would have been fine no definitely dave chappelle fine. is a great quote he said it on inside the actor studio where he talks about like you can't get unfamous, you can only get infamous. Oh, I like that. And it's like that's just one of those examples. Like his celebrity, I mean, like it will never be the same. It will never right. be the same. So it, let's let's play Dave Chappelle responding to. Kramer. I love this so much. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's great. I picked this clip. Oh god, <laughs> it's in the Laugh Factory. <laughs> it's not even from a special. Yeah, it's um. Uh, now I don't want to play it. Now I don't. Wanna... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Got, they got a real life uh, paparazzi. I see. Fuck <laughs> you think I am? What do you think is a game? <laughs> Watching out for the media. I'm like Bigfoot, nigga. When people see me, they freak the fuck out. Oh, <laughs> Even other celebrities get surprised and say, "Hey, oh, hey, thanks." <laughs> Come on, you only got ten minutes. God damn. <laughs> So I know it's good. I don't have any material. (laughs) (laughs) That stuff's for pussies. (laughs) Every time I see this backdrop, I think about Kramer fucking up. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I can't. I don't want to see no camera phones on my ass tonight. Telling you right now, you know, like I'm not wrapped too tight. Like they, they put a lot of that corporate pressure on me. So I, this might be the night that I, this might be the night that I snap. And you got, you guys be lucky. It's like having tickets to see Siegfried and Roy the night that tiger bit that motherfucker. He's like, I was there when that Chappelle freak. I was there. Cause that's why we really go to the tiger show, right? You know. You don't go to see somebody be safe with tigers. You go <laughs> thinking in the back of your mind, like, this nigga might get bit. <laughs> I'd like to see that in person for $35 if I could. <laughs> I've seen somebody get bit by a tiger before. <laughs> Only $35. <laughs> I love how you can hear the mic. Fuck yeah. <laughs> 
I tell you the truth, when I seen Kramer's tape, I learned about myself. You know what I learned? I think I'm only like 20% black and, and 80% comedian. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, black dudes can relate. You know what I mean, bro? Like when you saw that shit, you was furious, right? Black dude with me was like, Kramer, you motherfucker. Like, I was hurt. And the comedian in me was just like, whew, niggas having a bad set. <laughs> Don't let him break you, Kramer. <laughs> I wish I was there so bad. Because, <laughs> you, know, you know, in the back of his mind, he was thinking, I'll get him the next show. <laughs> there won't be a next show, Kramer. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so perfect. Uh, it's, That's the perfect illustration uh, of how a comedian thinks about things. Yeah, yeah. Even when they offend you personally. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I thought that's yeah. why I like. That's why I picked that clip because I think it's like it really takes you in the mind of probably the comics that were there witnessing that mm-hmm. and being like, "Oh my god!" It, well, I mean, we look at it a mm-hmm. little bit differently because sure. because Gene Getman said this and I love it. He said uh, that stand up is recreational thinking. Yeah, and we get that it's recreational thinking. We're like, and sometimes when you're thinking recreationally. Shit goes wrong. Like you're if you're if you're out there and you're water skiing, sometimes it doesn't go well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that or just if you're happens. a kid pretending to be a knight, you're not. If you confronted a dragon, it would kick your ass. Explain recreational thinking, though. Like what? How would you describe that? Well, uh, I would just say it the way that Gene said it to us, which was that you're in this abstract space of the mind, and everybody's uh-huh. there, and you're you're just seeing where it's going to go, and you hope that it's going to be entertaining at the yes. end of it. That's it. It's you're just you're you're it's completely in the mind. It's just for fun. For sure. And you and you're thinking about things that you wouldn't ordinarily think about mm-hmm. because it's just recreation. Mm-hmm. That's actually, you know what the Kramer clip itself is the only time as a comedian that I've listened to a stand-up set that's being like, yeah, I mean, going poorly for the audience and the comic, where I feel like an audience member watching a, a comic. Mm-hmm. Like cause I'm mm-hmm. he took you out of the comedy so of So far. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I'm not, I'm like in the audience, like paralyzed. Well, also you're coming disgust. in the middle of whatever he was right. talking about. Right. So you don't even have context for anything that he's saying, like as a joke or That's as true. part of a set or anything. He kind of made it so that there was no context where that was. Right. Okay, it was though. just like, oh, he was the worst thing. A guy heckled ran. him was too yeah. drunk. It's right. like, oh, you yeah. bring up yeah. like, like some lame joke or yeah. something. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and, and he, you know, who knows? <laughs> It, it's hard. You don't know what the context is, mm-hmm. but it's one of those scenarios where you see it, you feel it. Everybody sees the truth of what's happening in it because it's so raw. And you go, I don't actually think the context matters because we can see your intent really clearly. I've seen um, comedians do say things like he said there um, or, or very close to approaching that and um, and then just move on. Like they like they will say something like. That that's potentially extremely offensive, but they do it in the context of like, you're a dick. I'm going to say some like crazy shit to you mm-hmm. and then I'm going to move on with what I was talking about or. Well, they do it lightly, lightly. Yeah, it's a light do touch. It, they right? do it in even, mm-hmm. even if they're lying, yeah. they, they make it playful. 
like there's a there's a sense that it's it's all okay here. You know what I'm doing. I just have to control the situation for the benefit Not of everybody. Necessarily though, I mean, like I think that that's definitely the style nowadays. But I've definitely seen comedians go hard. Oh on yeah, people. Like, there's a great one with um, Bill Hicks too, where he yeah. goes bananas. Just yeah, but just going off. But here's the thing: when the stuff where Bill Hicks goes off on people, like even though his stuff is not like in the realm of offensiveness of that particular clip, like yeah, I mean, a lot of some of the times I don't particularly find it funny. Like it's I really just, just personal attacks. Yeah, it's well, just but, really. But, like so the co- fucking... so it's the combination here. It's yeah. it's you lost it on stage. Number one. Yeah. Number two, you uh, you've broken. Completely the fourth wall. Uh-huh. Number three, you've done it with hate speech. And number four, you've clearly done it with the intention of hurting another person. And number five, no punchline to that shit. No, yeah, no yeah. punchline. It There's never, no the tension punch. never gets released. That was just a whole setup and just no, if, no delivery. If he had, you know what? I, I bet if he had, to, if the next thing he'd done had been like, instead of him trying to make it seem like he was right to do what he just did, if he'd be like, Whoa, I was really wrong to say that. I can't believe I just said that. If I could take it back, I would. If he had just... Yeah. But instead, he made it like all of you are thinking that. And yeah. Like, and, oh, yeah. And then and the whole audience is like, Yeah, he tries to nope. make it like philosophical. because like, yeah. you feel that tension? It's yeah. like, yeah, yeah you crazy you. person. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's interesting also in the context of, of uh, Dave Chappelle uh, addressing it. Because Dave at that time was coming out of, you know, a kind of a more of an infamous stint where he just like left every, it all. everybody just, it he infamous. left everything. Everybody thought he went nuts. Right. And yeah, you know, I mean, obviously he didn't, he didn't do something so horribly offensive that everyone was like, Oh, he didn't do can't. anything wrong. He didn't, he didn't, he just said, he's, he just he walked away from down yeah. $30 million. Yeah. And everybody's like, you're fucking crazy. Um, and he's like, I didn't like my life. Right. Yeah. I want to go do something else. Yeah. I want to yeah. get away from it for a while. To Everybody yells and screams all my catchphrases at me everywhere I go. Right, right, it right. sucks. Yeah. So then he's coming at, but then he's like, okay, I want to get back into this thing again. And then he's talking about somebody else on their way out for like very justifiable. I love it. There won't be. I mean, that there that, won't that, be a next yeah. show, Kramer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get him. Yeah. You'll yeah, get him yeah. next time. Kramer. I'll get him the next show. That <laughs> I like. Sick. I would like the idea of like Michael Richards calling himself Kramer in his own head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about the role of the comedian in talking about taboo. Uh, so not just the act. Like clearly, what he did there was taboo, right? But I want to talk a little bit about what stand up is and how. Go ahead. What? I just got to say, not only – so when we were talking before about the action of taboo and you're talking about it being the speech and that kind of thing, I would say like like something like that where you call somebody the N-word um, like blatantly like that is – that's probably one of the most taboo things like that a comedian could do, like right. actually do. Right. Like um, – like, whereas a lot of stuff that we do, a lot of stuff we do in comedy is talking about the taboo subjects like that. Mm-hmm. That is, that is where it becomes an action of taboo. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with, with, uh, you know, derogatory terms for gay people or, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, or little people or whatever else, like, uh, and anything that's just not a PC thing to say anymore, mm-hmm. which, <laughs> you know, I think it's really funny how, uh, how it's flipped how how fucking faggot i have flipped in my lifetime yeah like fuck like, is like not a when i was thing young yeah. fuck was a big deal 
it, that word was so hard hitting yeah. and and just it was just like if you heard it it was just like whoa f bomb but yeah. f bomb means faggot now <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah like if they're completely flipped uh, uh, wait uh, in your childhood in montana when someone said faggot it would be casually said oh yeah it would just mean oh like whenever your dad yeah. addressed you that yeah kind of thing. when yeah. yeah when my dad was like trying to get me to come to dinner right yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he'd ring the faggot bell oh my God. <laughs> or before your dad was going to make love to you <laughs> yeah, like I, I think it's interesting how how it shifted in my lifetime. I've watched those two words just completely flip flop. Yeah, that um, also might be a geographical thing too. No, man, I don't think so because it, it really started. Oh, I guess you're. It's I don't think you're don't, two thousand years old. I, I mean, I lived. I lived in San Francisco when it was still okay to say that. Really? Yeah, I heard it. Well, on, stand I don't ever think that. I think "fuck" was like a like like a intense word for people, but like not to the level that right that faggot is taken as a intensity now. Yes. Oh. Do you feel your butt your butt clench up when you say that word? Because no, I, do. I feel it loosen. Yeah, <laughs> you're I mean, like I'm, I I'm feel just it, getting I ready. Feel it me, ready. From, me from life experience. <laughs> Mine gets better. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I I actually so. find it a little fascinating that mm-hmm. like um, I uh, was called it. And they were half accurate. <laughs> Stealing from your eyes. Yeah, well, I just find it fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I can even go on and, and talk about... I was called about... that too, but it was just kind of an, like to accent my head being slammed into a locker. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, this sort of like has a syncopation right, that yeah. I really enjoy. Like, it was like a musical number. <laughs> was it two hits? Like for each one for each syllable? <laughs> can't, can't remember for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, that I got called it enough mm-hmm. and I, I, you know, am what they're referring to or partway anyway. And yet I can go on stage and people will tense up on it. I'm like, but wait, didn't we cover this with N word? Isn't there a precedent that yeah. if you are the, if you are, no, I, I think so. I own this. Yeah. No man, they but, get mad. Well, I, go I, in I woke think, rooms. I, that, I that could just because you're not funny. I mean, that ah! could be <laughs> I think that's because you don't lo- you don't look like you could be bullied now and call that now. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, hey, you could punch everyone. You know, they're just not. I think I'm not sure there is this weird thing that um, the black community has done effortlessly that white people of like like a white gay man or bisexual man like yourself who was bullied and called that name can't say that to some people who probably aren't gay. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm like, like you're being offended on my behalf. It's probably just some <laughs> white woman that sometimes makes out with other women when she's drunk and I've had she's it, saying It depends that, on the room. It depends on the room. Yeah. And I, you know, maybe the, maybe the way I set it up, I don't know. But I have like, I, I, I have a joke where I talk about how I don't like all the different um the the connotations of gay yeah. and how it's so silly that tidiness has become associated with gay and it doesn't help like yeah, and why yeah. and then i have the the joke which works really well a lot of the time uh-huh. is is oh, I, I can't clean my room i'm not a faggot yeah. like so that's the joke it, it works in a lot of cases but 
in certain rooms. You just, unfortunately, you look like American History X, so you just can't, uh, yeah. you can't pull it off, man. Uh, I can if I've, if I've done enough to lead Because look, I noticed it. that flamboyantly I, gay comedians can do that. Also, right? you know what is another, someone was telling me this about one of my jokes, but I think they're doing it to you too. If it's a room where they're only half paying attention mm-hmm. and then they just hear you say faggot, <laughs> they're right. just, yeah, they're like, oh, he just said faggot. That's all that happened. He just said faggot. He said faggot. He said faggot. He said faggot. <laughs> okay, and Kramer, settle down. Because <laughs> he's a no, um, but then um, the because I did a bit where it's like it's about if you shake an empty glass of ice at a waiter or a bartender, that means your ancestors own slaves. And when I said that in a certain room, like they were half paying attention and then they just heard it and they thought it was a super edgy, offensive joke yeah. about sla- it was like, no, it's yeah, just I'm calling out people well, that that brings up that brings up woke. Which I think relates to taboo. This taboo in the other direction now. Yeah, yeah. woke makes me barf in my mouth a little bit. Well, let's, gotta, def- let's define yeah. your vomit-inducing view of what woke is. Yeah, I I, I think it's a smugness. It's an arrogance um, that like, hey guys, I'm like 20 years old and I've taken a social studies class, so like I'm totally woke. It's also being. It's funny because it's being culturally, it's been culturally appropriated by white people, but it used to mean like what it was intended for was the black community to stay woke and stay vigilant about the social struggles they're going through and understand the systemic racism. And what white and people have done has ruined just it like, like they ruined well, we're going to take that and we're just going to talk about trans issues now because we don't care about black people, but issues that affect rich white people too can really hurt us. So that's what it's been repurposed. No, it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's woke is bullshit when it comes. Comes yeah. from these these white people that talk about diversity all the time, and they have no diverse group of friends, it, yeah. and they only hang they're just going to get own... offended on behalf of everyone else. It's bullshit. Yeah. It's such it's such self righteous bullshit because it's it, it, it's saying and it's always deconstructed and changed to um, fit the society those white people live in. That's why the trans stuff is so big. That's why in the early 2000s, like gay men and gay women's shit was so big because that can affect white wealthy people. That is the shit they care about the most. So that's the shit they say is the biggest problem. Well, this is a little bit generic, but I think that, uh, I think this is another kind of social media issue where, uh, you've got like a younger generation that they've grown, they've grown up that like everything that they do and say is good and mm-hmm. they get a gold trophy for it. And, um, and also that, uh, you know, and I'm Hey, I can, I can do whatever I can make change just by tweeting or Facebooking mm-hmm. at someone. Harrison you know, so. has a bunch of gold trophies for using his spoon, right? There. Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> I imagine that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean like the fact that, but, but the combination of those things kind of, you know, people don't have things that they, they can stand for, or maybe, maybe, the, I, you know, I don't know if it's a matter of like, I'm too afraid to actually get out of the house and do this stuff in physically uh-huh. or, or, or do whatever, what but they're just like social, it, it, social media warriors. And they'll do it in person to like their friends or like people that it's safe for them to just kind of go off at and yeah. be, and say, Hey, you're just ignorant because of X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And it's like, somehow that's like, I'm empowering myself or I'm making a difference in the world by correcting everyone or telling my 80 year old grandma why everything that she thinks and believes is wrong because, Mm -hmm. you know, somehow I know better, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Woke in the context of taboo and stand up. I think it's, it's, I was just thinking about it. It's forbidding quote, intolerant behavior to the point of tyranny in the opposite direction. It's intolerant of, of, 
intolerance? It, it is, which I don't have a problem with, except it misinterprets, it, it, it consistently, I think, misinterprets certain words as intolerant and ignores the context of those words. Well, yeah, that, sure. that kind of thing, it's, it's always tends to be black and white, right? There's no, there's no context. There's, no nuance, there's, no, no, there's new nuance yes. or shades of gray. Yes. And I think, unfortunately, uh, for those people, like life is uh, a spectrum. And it seems like they only want to acknowledge like certain ones. And yeah, they pick and choose. They either like do one thing or they e- do the other. Everyone, it's black and white. Someone asked me because I didn't. I deleted Lyft at, or Uber at first when the Muslim ban thing happened, but then I put it back on my phone. And someone's like, "Does that feel a little weird morally that you have Uber on your phone?" It's like, no, because the device I put my Uber on was made by baby slaves, so it <laughs> is fine. So apparently, this is compartmentalized. I can only handle well, that's one a pick tragedy. And choose, man. That's a pick and choose. It's right? such yeah. a pick and choose. Yeah. Everyone has baby slave phones. Yeah. <laughs> They're think- the most baby. Everyone loves them. What Except is in your Jeff. mind exactly of an of an Apple? <laughs> I know, factory? I know, I know. I they're, I I know they're like teenagers and, they, and like, but I just like a baby putting wait, together like, a phone. Is it just like a bunch of cribs and then they just toss electronic components in the crib and hope for the best? Wait, is it baby? <laughs> wait, when they are born, is it like a stamp and it's like uh, the uh, uh, buttons and then it's like one of them is like uh, design and then this was like remove all headphone jacks, <laughs> headphone jacks. <laughs> auxiliary cord. It is like God damn. I think I think the, the gist of of this kind of wokeness thing is it's a focus on the wrong things. You know, it like, is. Uh, you know, it's it, instead of attacking art uh-huh. and making art crappier and making people more afraid to push the limits. Um, you know, people should be attacking what our politicians policy. are doing or like, pol- you know, yeah. The or but the policy's or the, boring. The government <laughs> and the and the companies that are running our lives. Uh, that we kind of allow to do it because it, it we're comfortable in that, you mm-hmm. know, people don't want to push that or fight against that. And so instead they, they're going to just be social media warriors for, you know, just, Oh, this comedian said, and it's like, you're sitting on your couch, like typing this shit out. And this person's hitting the fucking bricks, like working every single day to try to be the best comedian they could say they could be. And then they say something that offends you, which, uh, you know, good comedy is going to offend people sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and just because it offends you doesn't mean that that person should never be able to work in comedy ever again. But like some people have been taking that, that angle of like, Oh, this person is offends me. And therefore I don't think they should, they should be fired and they should be. And that goes back to my earlier point, which is that now we have new outsized consequences that didn't exist from, you know, like, great. No, people don't get killed and strung up and stuff for, for things anymore. But now we're in this new phase where there's anybody can start a fervor yeah. by taking something out of context. And so that, and the consequences of that are actually really big. And people, unfortunately, the way that it works is you are guilty until you're proven innocent in the mob mentality. Yeah. That's why we had to come up with the idea of you're innocent until proven guilty because right. of I how people behave. That's particularly prevalent right now with yeah. what's happening where, you know, you have like dozens of celebrities basically being ousted from their posi- be- become becoming infamous because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whereas the, the kind of abusive uh, behavior that a lot of these guys perpetrated wasn't 
taboo at a, like at, at a certain point. I think it was always, it was for, it was, ah, so this, I think it was always forbidden. It was unspoken forbidden. There's spoken taboo there was, and there's there unspoken. A, okay. Let's, let's, but let's there was deal a, with that. There was a level of acceptance where people accepted well, that kind of behavior. Yeah, they were like, that time's over. But, but they accepted it in an unspoken way. It was just sort of like, this sucks. I would hate it if it happened to me. It's not okay, but it's an unspoken taboo. But the moment, the moment that Trump came out and said it, like, and was like, oh, you can just, if you're famous and powerful, you can just grab them by the pussy. It was like the emperor has no clothes. But that's also kind of like a no dumb moment. But, but, but look, it was, it was the most, uh, to be the most powerful man in the country saying out loud. The fact that he actually said it. Yes. Yeah. He was saying what everybody knew to be the case that, that, that if you were rich and you were powerful, that you could get away with things that you shouldn't be able to get away with. And so when he said it, it became, it went from an unspoken taboo to a spoken taboo. And now we're trying to decide what are the consequences going to be? What level of consequence for breaking what is now a spoken taboo? Well, but Mm -hmm. I think that's true and not true. Like I think the benefit, the positive aspect of that is people are now like, I'm not going to stand by and let this happen. I'm going to speak out yes. and I'm not going to just allow these people, these men to kind of do this stuff. But, but we, <laughs> there, there hasn't been a discussion of what is the consequence. And that's what I mean. That's it's what been, I mean. We have this ability with this tool, this outsized, uh, really overpowered tool of social media. And we don't have any society, or I should say regulatory systems haven't caught up with what we can do technologically, which is always the case. Regulations follow technological advancements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and we're in the, right now, we're in almost like the wild west of, uh, of social consequences. And there's no, there's no recourse for what happens when it's just a vindictive, bull- when it's just vindictive bullshit. Right. What happens when it's, when, when it's the game of telephone where it goes from, oh, he looked at me funny. And then by the time it gets to the 17th person, um, he did something heinous. But that's societal in general right now. And I think the consequences mm-hmm. in the comedy world are, yeah. hey, uh, sorry, we can't have sexual content in any of your material because, you know, people are too triggered by that now. Like that, that's, that's that how that en- ends up affecting the so art. So let's, yeah. let's, let, uh, perfect. Uh, let's play the George Carlin bit called "Their Only Words." Oh God! And trigger I lo- warning. This is yeah, trigger warning. <laughs> this is this is back from 1990, and I think it's the argument that a lot of comedians would make mm-hmm. about the recreational thinking that in which we engage. But, <laughs> but I think there's also this other like woke comedian thing. They would disagree with this entire premise, yeah, and I yeah. think that's so funny because. Because George Carlin is one of the most liberal thinkers of the 20th century, yeah. and this is going to seem this isn't this this wouldn't fly. And I know like hardcore Republican people that love George Carlin, right? Because of how like righteous he was. And real quick, I think that was we were kind of having a discussion before recording, which was like, if you're funny enough, I think that transcends liberalism and conservatism, if that's even a word. But mm, it um, is. But uh, and and I think the the polarization that we have now is just such a problem. Like, uh, I think being super, um, I think wokeness is actually allowing yourself to be liberal and and conservative in the in the in the pursuit of ultimate truth and ultimate. Um, I don't even want to say righteousness because that's kind of like a 
that's probably not the right word, but like truth, you know, like finding the real truth behind the thing, whether you like it or not, or it fits in your political beliefs, uh, or fits into your, uh, any, any of your beliefs, like continually challenging what you know and what you think until you can find the real truth behind it. We've always had the, the kind of uh, fight back against the PC language, you know, the mm-hmm. PC language police. I mean, uh, gosh, the, do you remember that shitty movie back from like the 90s or 80s? PCU. The P- PCU. Yeah. yeah. Like that was, that was always like, and I don't think it's been to this extent because once again, social media it's a new, has a new impacted thing. that. I think what is interesting is that now you have all of these conservative people who long before they were trying to shut up people who spoke out against religion and things like that. They were trying to shut them up and they sort of lost that. Now they're crying out and saying that the liberals are trying to tell them, take the li- their liberty away in terms of what they can say and what they can't say. I, and I just think it's, it's so interesting how it's starting to flip-flop like that. But that's always kind of been this back and forth thing. I think the real thing that's happening is you have this, this, this simplification of complex issues where yeah. conservative means republic, Republican, mm-hmm. um, liberal means Democrat. Mm-hmm. And because it means those things, all of the things that that political party thinks right. that then for that therefore applies to that way of thinking, which is just totally wrong. Like it's totally wrong. Like liberalism is not actually like a political concept. It, it you know, it's, it's more of a philosophical, like being conservative or liberal can be a philosophical or financial concept. It doesn't have to be tied inherently into the political structure, but we're, we now ha- kind of live in this world where it is, um, where people are tying it and, and it, it just simplifies it down to where you kind of have to go by this Coke or Pepsi idea. Ideology. And they each have their own sets of taboos, yes. things that they forbid. And then when the other they're side, so valu- hypocritical, they're yeah. so fucking hypocritical. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's let's play this. Let's play this George Carlin bit. <laughs> let's get into it because that let's was very that funny. I, that was hysterical what we just did there. <laughs> this is their only words from George Carlin's Parental Advisory Explicit Lyrics album, and I believe it was from 1990. Jeff, you should work at NPR. <laughs> <laughs> There's a different group to get pissed off at you in this country for everything you're not supposed to say. Can't say nigger, boogie, jig, jigaboo, skinhead, mooly, moulinyan, schwarzer, jungle bunny, greaser, greaseball, dago, guinea, wop, ginzo, kike, zeeb, heeb, yid, maki, hymie, mick, donkey, turkey, limey, frog, zip, zipperhead, squarehead, Kraut, Heine, Jerry, Hun, Slope, Slopehead, Chink, Gook. There is absolutely nothing wrong with any of those words in and of themselves. They're only words. It's the context that counts. It's the user. It's the intention behind the words that makes them good or bad. The words are completely neutral. The words are innocent. I get tired of people talking about bad words and bad language. Bullshit. It's the context that makes them good or bad. The context that makes them good or bad. Amen. For instance, You take the word nigger. There is absolutely nothing wrong with the word nigger in and of itself. It's the racist asshole who's using it that you ought to be concerned about. We don't care when Richard Pryor or Eddie Murphy say it. Why? Because we know they're not racist. They're niggers. (laughs) Context. Context. We don't mind their context because we know they're black. Hey, I know I'm Whitey the Blue-Eyed Devil, Patty Ofe, Grey Boy, Honky Motherfucker myself. (laughs) 
Don't bother my ass. So good. God, I love Carlin. I mean, he got really depressing, like later on with with some of his stuff, like after his wife died and stuff like, but, but when he just talks about language and he Mm -hmm. talks about the way we perceive things, I just fucking love it. I do too. As I was listening to that, I was thinking about triggered. (laughs) (laughs) Most of those words hurt. They hurt deep inside (laughs) because I'm such a dirty Mick and I just, they, (laughs) they hurt my heart. I'm frustrated and I need a moment. Jeff never gets frustrated. That is yeah. <laughs> I, when I heard that, I was thinking about how I definitely shy away from words. You know, but when I heard In this general. at the time, yeah, I don't like them. When I heard this long ago, I remember being like, yeah, yeah. But now I'm older and I have a more nuanced view of what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And I think You're so wise, Jeff, to myself, <laughs> God damn it, motherfucker. Uh, I think to myself, you guys could see his eyes. They're so full of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> and rage. I think to myself, yeah, but is it worth it? Yeah, that's what I think. I go, sure. But is you fuck, man, I think it has to be. It has to be worth it. Like you, you got it. Like I, I look, I, I, I'm not. I'm not in a place. Society needs you, Tristan, to no, not say me. these words. Not me. <laughs> not me. Not yet. You know what I mean? Like, well, first of all, it's interesting because like eighty percent of those words, like who gives a fuck anymore? Like mm-hmm. half of them, yeah. like you wouldn't even know what they meant now. Mm-hmm. And the other ones, like, like honestly, Zip like Mick head. or or like like I guess Spick is still. Kind of like, yeah. if, but I think most people be like, I don't care. Or calling somebody a WAP or something like, once again, it's one of those things where like, I guess there's a Kike, certain. WAP, Guinea, those are all uh, right, those, Italians and Jews right. are white and, and those now, are certain so things that I think people, Irish people too. might still be like maybe older generation, but I think younger people are like, I don't even, that means oh, nothing God. to me. Yeah. Because it's almost 30 years later, the yeah. context is totally different. Totally. Uh-huh. And, and, and it really proves his point that the words in and of themselves don't That's matter. Right. The context. And also he mentions intent, but I look at them too. And I go, man, some of these words do have a major impact on how people feel when I say them. And I do bear some responsibility if I know my context and I'm going to say it anyway. I have to think and go, it's not, yeah, you're you're reacting to this because you may not understand my context, but I still have a responsibility to understand yours. Well, look, like the, the N word and I say the N word, even though I hate that phrase um because you know saying it in a context where somebody could publicly like hear you saying that like and take it out of the context or right. or just yeah put like <laughs> look it, there's a consequence you know, to there's it a consequence there's a to consequence it, you know? and that's why i say is it worth it and that's that's where there, I there can't are different intelligently say that word mm-hmm in the in in any kind of context that makes it okay at this point in time, right? I would love to be that good where I can do that. And there are comedians out there that are white comedians. You even got you even did both twenty three and Me and Ancestry dot com to see is there any part of me that can say this word? Like, yeah. And you still didn't there's, get it. There's any. like one or two yeah. percent that can make Jew jokes, and that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> that's about all I got. Everything else is pure bleach flower. I just like especially like the N word. Like I don't find anything funny in me saying it right thus i don't say like right. i don't see a context where it's fun i i say kike on stage a lot and i think there is funny to say kike to any white person and that they get offended it's like i am one yeah 
I, it's my word. I can say it. You can't. I'm going to yell it at well, you. They can. They can. But they, I don't. This. I, I. I hate that language. You can say it. Go ahead. But it, there's consequences. Yeah. I'm going to like yeah, you. Yeah. You might. You might get taken <laughs> but to it's court. Interesting how it's, it's been narrowed down because, like, you can't say offensive things towards black people, gay people. Um, and uh, why certain- is that though? Why is that? Because of the context. It's yeah. because it's because these are traditionally disenfranchised people who have had lots of prejudice perpetrated against right. them, and so the intent is is good. It's it's we're going to try to change the way that society thinks about this by changing the way that we talk. Because that is the, the national conversation does influence how people think. Mm-hmm. Just look at talking points. People just say them. And then there's like, well, these are my ideas. No, you saw it on Fox News just 10 minutes ago. No. So, so, so changing the language does influence how people think. So the intent behind PC is good, I think. But it goes so far to the point yeah. that it, it becomes tyranny in and of itself. Well, it's a yeah. cycle. I think it, it goes too far and then it gets rolled back and then it goes too far again. It gets rolled back. I've like seen fuck like leftist tweets that sound like like Trump supported tweets if you just take if you like <laughs> mad lib it yeah. it will be like like um imprison um like everyone that voted for Trump it's like right. well that's or it's like kill right. all of them Genocide everybody that them. voted for Trump is, is a racist and Unfriend me now and yeah, blah blah blah. One of my like, favorite comics is Rory, Rory Scovel. I think he's hilarious. Oh yeah, he's great. But the only joke in the last like ten years, or since I've done stand up, that I watched and like physically got tense and like felt uncomfortable with was his bit in his last special where he's like, "What if we just had a genocide of everyone that voted for Trump?" And it was like. Uh, and and people love it because that's his liberal audience. But yeah. I was and I'm fucking so liberal. And it's like that's the the point of liberalism is to be against that kind of thinking. Yes. Right. Exactly. Just you, you there. People that are in Trump's camp are are deciding the the uh, what should happen to people that look a certain way, whereas people on the left are uh, deciding what should happen to people that say certain things. It's the same shit. You're just, uh, you're just like grouping people as villains for what they look like or sound like you're doing the same thing. I know he's making a joke. And yeah, I know he doesn't really, he's like from South Carolina. He knows what he's on the other hand. I like my mommy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, my parents voted for Trump. Yeah. yeah, like they're not horrible people, but demonizing them certainly doesn't get them to listen. Yeah, exactly. No. It's like if someone uh, have you ever done something uh, better besides sports because that's the or like the military because someone yelled at you to do it. If it's just like a stranger screaming at you, it never makes you want to do what they're just telling you to do. You're wrong. You're Unless a horrible you're person. Unless you're in fear of them. Yeah. And that's what they think they can do. And it's fucking annoying. Oh, that's a good point. You know what I mean? Yeah. You should fear us because we'll lock you up if you don't act like we do. And the other two is like, we will kill you yeah. if you don't stop hanging out with these kind of people. And liberals should watch the fuck out because they don't have guns. I know. It's, something, <laughs> it's like, stop talking. They got all the guns and they like work out more than us and they're like angri- angrier than us. <laughs> Blog them to death. And just like anytime you take things and you group them together and you say these things have to go together. And it's this thing or that thing. You're either with us or you're against us. Yeah, that you're... kind of thing. So, you know, your parents, your mommy voted for, uh, for, <laughs> for Trumpy Poo. Yeah. Like my mom and my, and, and my mom and dad did. And um, In the Vody Dealey. I love having conversations with them about it because we yeah. 
vehemently disagree on just about everything. Yeah. But how else are you going to learn anything about your own viewpoint if you don't talk to somebody that thinks the complete <laughs> fucking opposite? If you're just talking to all your liberally PC friends about how you hate Trump, what are you learning? You're just having a, a bitch fest and you're not actually yeah. changing anything. Mm-hmm. I think that goes down to winning. What do you want more? Do you want a functional society where um, everybody is able to affect positive change and try to make things work and function? Or do you want your side to win? Mm -hmm. Sometimes people can't tell the difference between those two things. Yeah. Well, I feel like if these liberal people really wanted to live the way that they say their philosophies um, say they should... They would not be this vindictive. I always said, and I would love to write it as a joke, but I think like they should, live nations should do something where they like say that there's a Ted Nugent concert happening at this certain arena. And then they also say there's an Ellie Goulding concert happening at this certain arena, same date, same time. And we just get all those people in one room together. It's like, okay, (laughs) we're going to figure this out. (laughs) We've lured you here with these terrible musicians. You like, there's something to be said for that in the sense of like combining those things, because there's no town hall. Right. It's yeah. Just a bunch of people yelling against each other without talking. That's to right. Them. And when you look at like the way that things are being delivered, you know, like when you look at the news or you look at like late, like, okay, so comedy and late night, for instance, has gotten so polarized to like anti Trump and all that kind of stuff. And even though I agree with them, sometimes I'm almost like nauseous with like, my God, how many times am I going to hear the same fucking stupid joke about mm-hmm. Trump? And they lump in like things that are serious huge problems that are happening in this country with like trivial, stupid things that maybe Uh Trump did or said. And so it's just creating this huge machine. And it, what it does is it alienates anybody that actually should be listening to it. Like anybody that actually might think different, that, that could maybe learn something that might shift their perspective. They're like, fuck you. I'm not going to listen to this. I'm going to go watch Fox and friends because they're kind of talking about them. And I think that gets back to comedy when you do comedy, like you have to do it in a way that, that, uh, that reaches everybody that's in your audience. And if you're doing stuff that's polarized, um, then, then basically you're going to have a really bad time. You're going to have a, you're going to have a bad show. You're going to have people that pissed off at you and something that, you know, whereas maybe you could do taboo if you did it in a way that was generically approachable. If you do it in this really specific, like I'm right kind of way, then you are literally, you're just going to alienate everyone. They're going to be like, fuck you. I'm checked Mm -hmm. out. I'm not going to watch you anymore. Um, For sure. You're going to have people coming up to you after the show being like, what the fuck, man? That's one of the things that Dave Chappelle does a really, really good job of is he, when he tackles these subjects that are taboo, he does it in a way where he kind of he really owns his perspective mm-hmm. and he lets people, he gives them an opportunity to bail out. Like he doesn't, he's not telling them what they should think. Yeah. And he's also treating it in such a lighthearted way that he, he, he disarms, he neutralizes that threat. But he still got a backlash from his trans jokes in, in one of his last specials. It's he, so funny because people did. my age, like a lot of people my age who are very sensitive, like got, I wrote a, status recently and someone just like illustrated my point exactly when we were arguing on it I actually want to have her on this podcast because <laughs> I, I think she's really smart and a great comic but like we disagree over this one thing my tweet was uh to something new effect of so excited for dave chappelle's new uh new year's eve specials to drop i'm also 
so excited to see the open letters that a art school graduate who watched 15 minutes, minutes of it write about how a 40-year-old uh, black Muslim man in Trump's America is not woke enough for them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, it's so ridiculous because, the, I mean, Dave Chappelle, like even his family is like incredible. Like his mom started the first African-American studies PhD program in the nation. She like started that. His dad was the first black student at Brown. Like he has like a very cool historical family. Um, and he's just seen a lot of crazy shit in his life. And it's so ridiculous to see people that are like, have had my cushy life or even younger than me, like just like bashing him for being like a hate speech guy. And yet, and what he, what he was doing, I don't think I've seen it a few times Mm -hmm. and I, I am in like the LGBTQ rest of the alphabet society. And I, I have trans friends. I don't, I'm watching it and I'm going, I can just see that it, this is his perspective and totally. there's no hatred there. No. He's just like, Hey man, I'm struggling with pro pronouns. Yeah. You know, and like, then, and then I saw, I saw him live where he, it was so great where he just, he did a mea culpa with it. And he goes, look, I listened. I heard what people had to say. And he said this wonderful phrase. He just said, I would be remiss if I did not turn my powers of observation upon myself. Mm. And then he and he just said, this is what I really believe. And he was just really heartfelt. And then he just doubled down on all of it. It was so funny. But he was like, because he, he established clearly, which he didn't in yeah. the special, this is what I believe. And now I'm going to show you why it's funny. I'm going I, to, re- this is, there is a dissonance here. This, to see comedians turn on him that way was like, uh, that's yeah, what the, it, drives it me. me fucking nuts. Like, what is a good comedian to yes. you? Yeah. Is it only Sarah Silverman? Right. Like, is it re- like, who is it? Dude, no. Because I love Sarah Silverman, ugh. but she's, I can't think of another example of someone. Even Sarah Silverman's fucking edgy as shit. She has like a joke about. Well, that's the thing. But it's, it's recreation. She makes fun thinking. of. We're playing with taboos. We're playing with, this is weird. Right. Let's yeah. laugh at how weird But then this comedians is. tearing other comedians apart. Seriously, go fuck yourself. Like yeah. uh, that. I've Although seen, we are right now tearing comedians apart, uh, we're tearing comedians. Yeah. Apart. No, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think we I are. I think we're talking about what they're doing, but I, we're not saying that you're like, like we're not doing any like trying mm-hmm. to do any further damage to them or anything. I think it's it, it's okay, and that's the other thing. I think it's okay for people to fucking talk about stuff and disagree and disagree and like I and, don't actually. Well, I do, and well, I'm willing d- to fight you in a in a mud pit over it. <laughs> <laughs> can the Come mud on down pit, to mud pit, mud pit at the pit. <laughs> can the mud pit be my anus? Because that would be a that's very a, fun <laughs> fight. <laughs> stinky. Um, no, but I think. I, 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 I've seen forever a, now be what you call your anus. The mud pit. Guys, welcome to the mud pit. Uh, <laughs> Hold on. I got a really itchy mud pit today. I sit on women's faces. I'm like, welcome to the mud pit. <laughs> mm. Oh, shit. If you look at it like we're we're all artists, essentially. I mean, that's what we're trying to do. There's I mean, some communities would hate you saying that. Well, I mean, that's what it is. It's a, I think it's so a fucking mm-hmm. art form. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, like any like any kind of spoken word or or any kind of like uh, uh, performance art or like, you know, painting and sculpture, music, like all dance. All these things are art and all of them 
our goal as a community should be pushing it, pushing it, pushing mm-hmm. it. And when you spend your fucking time tearing apart other comedians for doing something that you don't like, go make fuck something. You, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Go make something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, do your fucking work. Yeah. You know, and I've, yeah. I've had that affect me where people like, you know, where I'm like hosting something and people don't like something that I said. And then they go and rather than coming up to me, like a fucking, I'm sorry, this drives me crazy. Come (laughs) up to me like a fucking man, you pussy ass bitch. And it's very heteronormative. I don't give a fuck. Very. I mean, that's, come up to me. I need to be offended on behalf of women right now. So proud. Because I'm the closest to one actually. Uh, Yeah, you are. (laughs) I'm so glad you guys interrupted me for that. Yeah. You know, I was getting to, I was, I was getting cathartic release. Yeah, he was. I've got, I've got all that pre-cum and it's just going nowhere now. For, for, for the listeners. Put that pre-cum in the mud pit, baby. What happened is, uh, is that Tristan had a meltdown on stage. He cramered up uh, <laughs> because it was, it was a, an open mic that wasn't going well. That would have been something if it was, if, if I, I did I do that. It was literally just like, <laughs> I don't like the way you host. It's yeah. like they don't fucking go yeah. to, you know. Know, then either tell me or just don't do it. But like, I'm going to go complain to the person who runs it and try to get you fired yeah. from your fucking hosting spot. Well, go fuck yourself. You know, like I just, that's such, that's such cowardly bullshit. What they didn't realize is just how approachable and non-defensive you right, are. Right. Listen to me. I'm a fucking teddy bear. I'm a goddamn teddy bear, you piece of shit. Come on. Let's talk about sex. That's the end of part one of Taboo with Tristan Smith. If you want to find out more, head over to letstalkaboutsets.com. Part two will be coming soon. Let's talk about sets. Let's talk about sets. Let's talk about sets. Let's talk about sets. Sets.